Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Podcast. I'm Stephen Vargas. And I'm Adam Riley. Ooh. ooh no hesitation. Yeah. On I like point. It. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Fuck with me. Boom. There you go. Damn. I'm Adam motherfucking Riley. That's right. <laughs> On deck. Yeah. <laughs> MC such and such. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, before we get started, I wanted to do a... Uh, a little bit of housekeeping here. Um, last week we took the week off because it was just tired. It was just, just it was time to just take a week. Um, but uh, the week before that, you'll probably notice that uh, this podcast is going to be 140. But this is actually the second time we're doing a 140. We had recorded a podcast two weeks ago for you guys the week that we released uh, in the ink. Problem was is that there was some sort of bad recording glitch on my end where my mic wasn't picking me up, but it actually, volume was so low that I couldn't amp it up without making Adam's side blow your fucking eardrums. Blow your fucking mind. First of all, (laughs) that's all anyone ever wants to hear anyway. You could have put the podcast up with just me, and it would have been been our highest rated podcast of all time. (laughs) Believe me, I thought about it. Like everybody go, why is what's what's why is this just happening? for the lulls? It just is just kind of like <laughs> crazy title. man talks to himself, <laughs> or just type just for the lulls. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we had a bad audio file that week. So um, instead of going and redoing the show again, it was just like, all right, this was. It. I've been in the process of upgrading my stuff from <laughs> Windows Seven to Windows Eight. So, of course, there's certain things that you have to fi- fix, but the problem was is what the the laptop that I recorded it on was Windows 7, so I don't know what the fuck happened there. But uh it's been it's just it was one of those things that just didn't work out right. So, I was a bit frustrated, so we ended up re-recording the which was actually good that we didn't record that second podcast that night. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm sorry. This off topic. All right. Mm-hmm. But I was 
looking at the article I'm going to read. I'm reading it from, I'm, I picked this article from IGN. In the comments, a little bit of flame war going on because it's the IGN comments. <laughs> Some dude said something, and the next dude says, you're a fucking idiot, but he was being an idiot. And this cat said, probably one of the coolest comments I've ever fucking read. Reading is a viable skill. Master it and set yourself free. God, he hit him with that fortune cookie knowledge, dude. Like, I was like, ooh. Wait, wait, did you hear that sound? That was the mic dropping. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's poetic. It is. Oh, man. All right. Sorry. Sorry. But, yeah, um, to be honest, and I'm sure Steve told me at some point, I completely forgot that that podcast didn't go up, and I was under the assumption that it did. So, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we didn't mean to go two weeks without one, but you kind of you got some some fill in between, so. You know, at least you got that. At least you got you a little dose of Adam and me. Mm-hmm. All right. So that ends the housekeeping. Um, I titled this next little bit. I fucking hate Facebook. Um, <laughs> uh, we're a, up till about a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think you've noticed it because you haven't mentioned anything to me. Our thumbnails haven't been posting to our stories on Facebook. Um. Up until about a couple of weeks ago, things were working out fine, and then suddenly, it, they just stopped showing up. And you know, there's this whole thing. It's like, well, you got to go to you know, uh, Open Graph on Facebook, and you know, see what the problem is. And the last two weeks, I've just been spending time going through and then trying to figure this fucking thing out. And then it's a then once I finally figure it, they're like saying, oh, your images aren't big enough. I go in there, and the, in both posts I have, it's like, it needs to be 200 by 200 to fit to for it to pick up. Okay, one was like 5 by 1, you know, 1104, and the other one was like 3 by... They were they were well over that. Thro- dropped it into the Facebook debugger. Still didn't pick up the images. Says it's too small. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, it's... You know what? Real talk, if you want to see the picture, click on a fucking link. Yeah. <laughs> is this the only reason you're gonna that's the only way you're gonna see it I don't know Facebook because Facebook changes their shit all the time I'm actually yeah. looking forward to um, their next change I was reading about um, they're going back to basics and the main news feed isn't gonna have all that fucking shit on it anymore so, it's gonna yeah. go back to having three things on it <laughs> yeah it's going so, uh, April right and they're, getting, so, they're yeah. getting rid of all that sponsored bullshit. That's so stupid. Some of the stuff that bugs me on Facebook is like when you go on there and it's like, this person liked this article in 1904. It's like, who gives a shit? I don't care yeah. if, I, if this person liked this it's article like, look, two just years ago. It's just because they're on my friends list doesn't mean I find their opinion relevant. You know, like, real talk. Like, I just, I don't give a fuck about more than half of the people on my friends list. What I wish Facebook had was something that I, that Google Plus has, where they have, like, you can categorize them, like, friends, acquaintances, fuckers that you know. <laughs> I think you can now. I think you can. Well, I think it's, it's in the it's, option somewhere. It's, like, close friend and then acquaintance. It's like, no, you gotta have something else, like, people that you just know, and so you just know they're a lot, every once in a while, like, once a month, they'll throw a post up there that, that, that'll allow to come to my feed. So it's like saying, this fucker's still alive. You're like, oh, I forgot I was... I wish, I wish they had filters, like, for content. So, like, I would, I would have, like, 
overly Republican filtered out. I you know, like, like, sides, like yeah. both sides, overly Republican, overly Democrat, like any anything that isn't that doesn't make logical fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just please don't talk to me. I just I say Republican because I'm not a Democrat, but um, I just see more. There's I feel there's more yeah, extreme. Republican, yeah, in Arizona. Like, these people are fucking, they're off their fucking rocker. Of course, when I lived in California, there were people that were like, everyone should live in trees or something. Like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, you people, there is no, there is no middle of the road, is there? Like, (laughs) (laughs) the middle of the road is right next to Narnia. (laughs) I know, and that's kind of the same thing, too. It's like, sometimes, you know, I have this one, this one person that just, you know, completely, you know, it's just critical of, of, of Democrats and this other one that's completely, you know, and basically I just block their feeds now because it's less like, ugh, I, I just, I can't, I can't take I it. Get, I get tempted sometimes because they, either side will say something just completely fucking stupid. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm going to that comment box. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait. Yeah, no. th- then you're going to end up that troll that you always we always ridicule people for. You know, it's not it's, like, it's not even that because you intend to just share your opposing view, but it doesn't matter because no one, especially nowadays, knows how to have a logical fucking debate about something. I mean, They're just going to scream at you and call you a fucking moron and blah blah blah. I had you can't have a dissenting view. You cannot have a dissenting view. I had this chick screaming at me. Because I, cause I didn't agree with her. And she said I was a fucking fascist. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, she's freaked out. And then Wait, the let next me guess. Day, you, 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 said you wanted her to take it in the mouth. She said no, and you did it anyway. No, because if I asked the chick to take it in the mouth, she's just going to do it. Oh. The, the situation is that she's all fucking freaking out. And then the next day I see her face to face because I work with her. And she's just, hey, Adam. I'm like, Facebook huh? isn't another universe. Like, you were kind of a dick. <laughs> and then she goes... Oh, that was just on Facebook. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. It, it, did you go to Troll School 101? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, like, see, is it your school for trolls? <laughs> being, being a troll means you're anonymous. I know who the fuck you are. So I'm about this to knock you the fuck out. <laughs> this is a situation all trolls fear. You were a fucking troll, and now I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> As you're <laughs> slipping on your brass knuckles. <laughs> Real calm, like, too. Just like, you know what, motherfucker? I got a few things I need to say to you. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Yeah, but Facebook, they, they change their shit too much, and it fucks everything up. And their API, I've heard, is very dirty. Like, just dirty code. Oh, yeah. It's just shit tacked on to each other. <laughs> it doesn't really make much sense. It's shit-tacular. <laughs> but see, the thing is, though, this sort of tech, this happens all the time in the internet, if you notice. Something's new. People adopt it. It gets stupid popular, and everybody likes it. It stays stupid popular, but everybody hates it. Then it starts dwindling. Then something new comes out and replaces it. Yeah, it's the same exact cycle they have on MySpace. <laughs> so, just wait. Someone will come out with something new. I would move to that. I was watching uh, uh, Chris Hardwick's uh, stand-up Mandroid, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, you know," he goes, I, "I, you know, I still have a MySpace account." He goes, I haven't used it in, like, years, and I'm afraid to go back to it because I, I, I think it's kind of like, you know, RoboCop's Detroit now, you know. He goes, <laughs> Steve's got long hair with nails, like, all curled up, like, I'm still in your top eight, you know. <laughs> Dude, I actually went back to, I checked out MySpace. 
like three months ago. Oh, I signed up for an account because I, I didn't have an account anymore. And uh, it's it's a music site. Yeah, That's all it, it's mostly it's for following music. bands and shit. <laughs> Which actually it's, MySpace was actually good about because you could get like I mean they took the one thing they were good at and just focused on it. Yeah, because before it was actually a cool place to actually catch like people, you know, small bands. And, mm-hmm. and but yeah, everything else kind of sucked. <laughs> oh man! So you 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 got the uh, Linux situation handled. Listen, Steve knows very well <laughs> that for a few years now, I've gone to Linux and Every, gone back to Windows. The entire time I've known you, let's just put yeah. it that way. Not a few years and now. I was like, oh. mainly <laughs> because I would get frustrated and just. I didn't know enough, and I would just get pissed off. Now I'm at a point in my life. I work at a tech job. I, I've i been using it for a lot longer, and it's gotten a little easier to use, too. So I'm comfortable with Linux. So there's only one thing that, was, that was, wasn't working right, and that was fucking Skype, which I use to do what you're listening to right now. So I couldn't get it to work. Now, obviously, Microsoft bought it, so I was like, "That's probably why it doesn't work." But that wasn't the case. They did a recent. <laughs> <laughs> they did a recent update. The default. Now, the default right. argument. <laughs> it's like, why doesn't this work? Why is this software? Well, Microsoft. Oh, oh, oh no. that's why. I got Never it. mind then. It probably has a virus built into it or something. Um, they did an update, and now it's working a lot better. And obviously, you hear me, so. You know, but we might be switching from Skype anyway. Yeah, once they in a few months or something, because yeah. they're talking about blocking recording because they only want the NSA to record. Yeah, Pay attention, people. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is out there. Yeah, read a book. <laughs> yeah, learn to read. It will set you free. <laughs> but that's that's all I wanted to say. So, uh, so but okay. you got it all square now. Yes, I, uh, everything is working beautifully. I even have, now that Steam's on Linux, there's a bunch of games, like, everything's legit. I don't even have Windows on my computer. I'm not dual booting or anything. Only Linux on my computer. Till I die, motherfucker! No. <laughs> Until you get serious. frustrated with that, and then you're like, fuck this. <laughs> no, but that's, that's the thing, though, is it's not frustrating. You know what I mean? It, it used to be frustrating, because I didn't know how to fix anything. So I had to always go to Google and look it up. And so, but I don't have to do this shit anymore. Because I just know how to do it. Because I've looked up how to fix 500 fucking things over the course of four years. <laughs> so, big pimp. Oh, man. All right. Well, as long because that's that actually that has always been the issue. It's always been you fucking couldn't get Skype to work. Yeah. Yeah. Last time we recorded the podcast, I had uh, I had Windows. I still had Windows on the computer. Mm-hmm. But like in a very small partition with no updates installed and <laughs> the bare minute, like I never used it. But Skype was there because I had to open it to use Skype. And I was the whole time just like fucking stupid shit. I don't want to use this shit. I'm going to get a virus. Like, meh, meh, meh. You know, being a little fucking fanboy nerd, you know. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well. How about we move into some news? Okay. Okay. Wait, wait for it. I think I'm going to sneeze. Maybe not. Okay. Carry on. 
<laughs> All right. Going on into movie news. After rewatching Skyfall, I began to think about the idea of, James, of the James Bond franchise coming around full circle after making changes to the franchise with the addition of Judy Dench as M. I especially loved the look and feel Sam Mendes gave the film and gave me hope when I heard that he would return for the inevitable Bond 24. Empire managed to sit down with the writer of Skyfall and the new film, John Logan, to ask him what we can expect from the upcoming film. Since the film is slated to be released late next year, it's about time that we know what we would be seeing, even though the film won't begin production until October of this year. Quote, Right now the first draft is almost done, Logan told the magazine. I'm terrifically excited about it. I've been working very closely with Sam Mendes, and it's been a joyous to pick up from our work on Skyfall and just continue on with the storytelling. The new movie continues the themes of Skyfall. Some of the characters and themes that we begun we began to introduce in Skyfall will play out. So I hopefully uh, I hope successfully in the next in the next movie. Much like in the earlier film, Logan confirm confirms that da- star Daniel Craig did work closely with Mendez and company on the script. Daniel was Daniel's very involved. It behooves no one to write a character that the lead actor doesn't want to play. So having working closely, so closely on Skyfall, I have my own sense of what I think Dan responds to, as does Sam and producers Barbara Broccoli and Michael Wilson, of course. Some fans seeing the franchise going back to his roots are wondering if we will see Spectre at some point. Of course, Logan wouldn't be giving up those answers. Who do you think he is, Gary Oldman? Uh, uh, there's, <laughs> there's a present. There might be a presence of Spectre. Honestly, not being evasive, but the great thing about Bond is that I have 50 years of movies, 23 movies, and all of Ivan Fleming's novels and short stories, all of which are fodder. And I, and when I'm working on the new Bond, I can constantly going back to Fleming and the other movies. What are what are the bits and pieces? What are the resonances? One of the things we learn in Skyfall is that the audiences really enjoyed those. We enjoyed when (laughs) they enjoyed when they saw the Aston Martin which I actually did. They enjoyed when we had references to other things that grew up, um, that they grew up with either from Fleming or from the other movies. But there's always been a part of thinking about Bond. Bond 24 is expected to be released in the UK on October 23rd 2015 while the US won't see the film until November 6th of that year. Watching Skyfall gave watching Skyfall again gave me a special fondness for that film and I'm looking forward to seeing that team together again. Well like you were saying earlier that you were you know you're kinda over the Bond thing. And that No, was, I mean but it, it's more about it's more I've never been that into James Bond. Like and I'm not saying they're bad movies. I just it's never appealed to me. Yeah. Well yeah and and to be like for me it's like I've seen Bond Bond movies here and there, and and some with Pierce Brosnan. I didn't really like. I kind of like Casino Royale. I never saw Quantum of Solstice, but I did check out Skyfall, and it actually got me to like, okay, this is cool. It actually kind of got me into the character a bit more, um, and uh, so it was it was kind of cool. And also be you know remembering some of the older stuff, seeing what they did with certain characters, kind of bringing it back full circle, given that it was its fiftieth. It was kind of cool, so I'm actually looking forward to the next one. I think my my thing with James Bond is that I I always lean more towards the traditional American like action hero, you know, like Irish. just fuck you, like 
<laughs> you hate the fucking you hate the English. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, um, they're, like they're just like American action stars are more like Bruce Willis and fucking um, what's the name of this movie? Shit, drawing a blank now. The Die Hard. The Christmas movie. movie. Yeah, Die Hard. Um, he's sloppy about it. He's slapped around a little bit. And he's going fucking just fuck this, you know. Just I love that. I like that kind of hero, the anti-hero, I guess. Right. Yeah, but these these James Bond cats like, I can do whatever I want. I'm perfect at everything. Blah, blah, blah. You know, man. Well, that's the thing. Daniel Craig isn't perfect. Um, I haven't seen many of the new ones. Yeah, so I don't yeah. Know. If you were to check out James Bond, I probably would say like, if you haven't seen any of Daniel Craig's stuff, I would probably recommend starting with Skyfall. The other two were just a little too much of a prologue, like how he became what he became. This one had a little more of a tendency to be, you know, who he was. Had a couple cool little gadgets. But, yeah, you know, it was a good throwback to some stuff. Uh, the Aston Martin, and then when he pulls out in the Aston Martin, the old school Aston Martin, you all of a sudden the Bond music kicks in, and there's a certain sense of, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, let me get right, some right. of my, <laughs> my death. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. <laughs> you stupid motherfucking me. Me, me, me. Alright. Come on. I'm trying to move tabs and it's not cooperating with me. Okay. My tabs Linux. have to be in order. It freaks me out. <laughs> it's not Linux, it's Firefox being stupid. Um, okay. So fuck you. I noticed you changed the website again. Yeah. So, that that's cool. <laughs> I feel like we have a new website every week, Steve, over here playing. Yeah, well, I get bored sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so Disney's latest animated film, Frozen, is one of few to hit the worldwide mark of one billion box office earnings. That's a lot of fucking money, man. I don't care if it's worldwide or not. Uh, that makes it the 18th film in history to reach that lofty amount, with seven of those films being put out by Disney, of course. <laughs> uh, Frozen is also the highest-grossing original animated film of all time, and only the second animated film to make it to the $1 billion mark following Pixar's Toy Story 3. Toy- that's kind of amazing. That Toy Story is one of the few series, like, um, not series, uh, trilogies, that it got better as <laughs> like yeah. more and more people side. It didn't dwindle out. Oh yeah. Um the film is in good company in Disney's billion dollar club with the Avengers, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Eh, I'm surprised that one made a billion to be honest. Uh, I think it yeah, wasn't that good. I know. Um Iron Man three, which is fucking dope. <laughs> uh and the second and fourth films in the Pirate of the Caribbean series. I don't care what anybody says, I like all those pirate movies. <laughs> I John think they're all just they, it's Johnny just, Depp. It's just fun to watch, dude. Yeah. You don't take them too seriously. You just have fun watching The praise for Frozen didn't stop at earnings, however. With the film winning two Oscars, um, I said last night, I don't know why I dated the article so bad, um, <laughs> for best original song, which is Let It Go. Let it go, let it go. Wow. That's how it goes. Um, and best animated feature. So two pretty uh, heavy awards. Um, I just recently watched the film. Well, I guess I could just say this. Um, it took me a while, but I, I saw the film. Um, I, well, I sat down and watched with the kids. They fell asleep halfway through. Usually when there's kids' movies on and they fall asleep, I get up and I go do something else. But I, I actually stuck around and I watched it. It was it was a good movie. Like it, it um, Steve hasn't seen it, so I'm not going to ruin anything. 
but because he can watch his little girlfriend get some points. Um, you jerked it, off to it, didn't you? Every every time I've seen it five times. No, <laughs> um, it, it it you think in a few parts you think it's going to follow the normal Disney story routines, but it doesn't. It kind of deviates from it. And and I, I liked it. It was it was uh it was an interesting take and it kinda poked fun at, at Disney kinda poked fun at themselves. Like especially the whole love at first sight thing that's in every Disney movie. Right. They really drove a fucking stake through that. Which I liked. Because I always hated that. Like God, every woman in every Disney movie is a fucking retard. <laughs> like, like honestly, think about it. The only cool one was fucking Jasmine. Like Jasmine wasn't taking nobody's bullshit. That's true. It's like I'll do what I want. I am not a prize to be won. You know, that's pretty hardcore. Right. You know, but like yeah, like Snow White, Cinderella. All they ever wanted was a man. They didn't give a fuck about anything else. They didn't care about education. They didn't care about seeing the world. They just wanted to cook and clean. That's that's right. So I'm glad they're breaking that mold, but. Good movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It is a pretty movie too. It's a Disney movie. It's not going to be ugly, <laughs> you know. So, hey, next Disney movie I'm looking forward to is The Muppets. Do 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 do. Is that the one with the evil Kermit? Dude? Yeah. Oh god, I gotta see that shit. This shit looks fucking ridiculous. That movie, like I saw that, I was like, going, ah man. <laughs> I gotta it, any Muppet movie because it's so stupid. But it's fun, like, though. That's like, like, stupid fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you just, like, you see the trailer, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And you just watch it. Ricky Gervais, is your last name bad guy? Is Baji. It's French. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad guy. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Moving on into gaming news. In our gaming coverage, it seems um, it's as if Nintendo has given up on giving us anything positive to talk about. Well, for those of you that use their Nintendo Wi-Fi connection service, then you probably already heard this news. Starting May 20th, it seems that certain services will no longer be available across the um, across the Nintendo DS, DSi, and Wii consoles, according to CVG. This will include online play, leaderboards, and matchmaking. Uh, this shutdown will affect all regions. Now, this will not affect the Wii U or 3DS software. However, Wii games accessed via Wii Mobile on the Wii U will have their online features terminated. Some of the features that will still be available will be the Internet Channel, Amazon Instant Video, Netflix, the Nintendo DS Browser, DSi Browser, DSi Shop. Um, Of course, the Wi-Fi connection pay and play. (laughs) Uh, Wii Shop Channel and YouTube. Um, However, we do have a list of Wii and we wear games on the site of thelazygeeks.com. Some of the most notable stuff that will have their ser- services terminated will be uh, Battalion Wars, Dr. Mario and Germ Buster, Dr. Mario Demo, uh, Wii- Mario Wii Kart, oh, Mario Kart Wii, Mario Sports Mix, <laughs> Smash, Super Smash Brothers Brawl, which Super Smash Brothers is dope. Like, I don't care. I don't care if what you like. Super Smash Brothers is dope. Oh yeah. Uh, you can check out the complete list at the, on the site. 
but to be completely honest, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone, since especially since Nintendo is bleeding cash right now. They need to bring things in, especially the older systems and functions. And since Nintendo has all their money on the Wii U and the 3DS, you can expect that this was coming. I don't know. I was reading a little editorial I, I read earlier that too. today, yeah. talking about Nintendo's trying to quietly uh, phase, phase that Wii U out. Yeah, I read that article too. It's uh, well, I mean, they they did the whole quality of life is their thing. I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know. <laughs> Nintendo, honestly, it, Nintendo bores the shit out of me now. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like whatever, dude. Except for the the handheld, they're still doing well in the handhelds. Yeah. But other than that, but see, they're doing well in the handhelds, but handheld gaming itself is dwindling. You know, yeah. so it's like you're only doing well on the most failed, fucking, most failing gaming platforms. But keep in mind though that the D, the 3DS didn't start off all that well. No, it did. Like people were because... people were over there saying like, "The fuck is this? You need the 3D," and and then they were already asking for a price cut after the first month. Yeah, yeah. The uh, well, it came out it was fucking expensive. It was stupid expensive compared to other ones. It was dumb. Yeah. It was more expensive. I think wasn't it more expensive than the fucking Vita when it came out? I uh, it was like yeah, three, actually, yeah, it was three like, bills was it? Yeah, it was higher price considered. Um, I mean, it came out before the Vita came out, right, but, but still, still, yeah. That would have boosted Vita sales. Yeah. But Sony, you know, doesn't like to make games for their handhelds, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's... it's uh, it, Nintendo's just... I, that Wii that I have, it's been in a box. My kids don't even... They got bored with it in, like, three weeks. They were done. Damn. Like, There's nothing to do on this fucking thing. And then... Because they go to the Xbox, it's fucking... It's all lively. We're just talking about 360. You know, it's got, like... This demo's coming out, and it's got, like, videos that you can watch. Like, there's more shit going on. And you can open the Wii, it looks identical every time you turn it on. All right. It's, it's like you're playing fucking... You might as well be playing N64. Yeah. You know, the I'm thinking about um, uh, maybe changing up the hardware a little bit. See, and if I can squeeze a little bit of extra usage out of it, if you catch my... Meaning, mm-hmm. I'm basically gonna um going to crack it so I can play bootleg games. I'm just gonna be real with everybody. Yeah, I know, right? Um, because it's it's just it. Do you know that that stupid thing has two USB ports in the back that they never they, they used? never used? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna install Linux on it. <laughs> 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 it would run like hot shit. <laughs> Princess Peach would be like a stripper. <laughs> you know that's how I roll, dude. Yeah, that's I, don't, true. I don't play games. I play games, but I don't play games. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, is it my turn? It yeah, is my turn. It is your yeah. turn. All right. So it seems like everyone is trying to get on the MOBA train these days. Is it? But isn't that? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I have a buddy at work that does that. He's <laughs> like, I'm not an idiot. Aren't you? <laughs> yeah. It's fucking asshole, dude. Um, that isn't necessarily a bad thing, of course, but soon enough we'll Can have a MOBA. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But soon enough we'll have a MOBA or multiplayer multiplayer online battle arena for every kind of player. With DC throwing their hat into the ring with Infinite Crisis, comic book fans will be able to play as some of their favorite from DC's lineup. The open beta for Infinite Crisis opens up on March 14th, and Warner Brothers has announced three new champions for the game to celebrate the announcement. 
Joining alongside Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman will be Green Arrow, Aquaman, and Mecha Superman. Really? The, out of everyone you could pick, <laughs> put, you fucking throw Mecha Superman in there. Because we don't have enough yeah. Superman. Yeah, I know. There's a lot more characters in there, too, like the Joker's in there and stuff like that. Um, I don't have a full listing here, but, you know. Because, I, honestly, I barely cared. I'm not, I'm not that into MOBAs. <laughs> they, they bore me. It's the same thing over and over again. Um... There is even going to be a new tri-lane map called Gotham Divided uh, added during the beta as well. Now, this is interesting because a lot of MOBAs, the, like um, League of Legends, League of Legends doesn't have that many maps. Um, I think Dota or League of Legends, one of the two, only have one map. You just play on the same map over and over again. It's horrifying. <laughs> like, I don't know... People are just weird. I, I can't do that. It's so boring. So anyway, that's me though. I mean, enjoy it. If... <laughs> like I was waiting for something to follow up. That and I'm just like, oh. add a little, add a little jab in. Um, Turbine is headlining the development of this game, which piques my interest. Turbine proved themselves with games like Lord of the Rings Online to be able to turn out quality from an IP. We'll have to wait and see how the already existing mobile players will respond to this new title. Because honestly, that's who they have to win over first. They don't have to win over new players. They need to win over the League of Legends players and the Dota players and the Heroes of Networth or whatever players. And um, I don't know. It, it, it's. I think it can go one of two ways. It could become popular if Turbine does the game right. Or it will be popular for a little bit because of the... the the novelty of playing as fucking Batman and Superman and shit. But that wears off quickly. Yeah, yeah it does. Oh, man. Well, going into comic news, um, this particular article, well, it's actually two articles, over the past, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, last week there was... A little bit of Twitter buzz going on when uh, the publisher of Image Comics, Eric Stevenson, uh, while speaking at uh, Comics Pro in Atlanta, Georgia last week, started talking about uh, the current state of comics. And I did agree with him in some areas, but I do think many of the big companies look for names and uh, numbers versus content. However, you know, that the and that's the problem when you're dealing with companies like Disney and and Warner Brothers, but the thing is, is he seemed to kind of have a little bit of, um, how should I say, jabs for um, for some of his, uh, I don't know, competitors, <laughs> brethren in uh, in the comic industry. He was talking shit. He was talking some. He was talking some shit. Um, you can actually read the full address at thelazygeeks.com, but I'm gonna kind of because it is kind of a long bloviation of rants and tirades and stuff like that. I'm just gonna kind of skip around to some of the to some of the stuff. Um, he starts off by saying, you know, I hope you don't mind if I deviate from standard practice, but instead of talking about Image Comics this morning, I'd I'd like to talk about you. This is my fourth year at Comics Pro, and one re- one of the reasons I keep coming back is because I feel like the retailers who make up the organization have a genuine interest in improving the industry. We get a lot of great feedback at this event, and I think only 
you only have to look at the many changes image has made over the last few years to see that it's feedback we it, that it's feedback we take to heart now uh he goes on to say uh every publisher um he talks about direct market then he says every publisher here talks to your counterparts in the bookstore market and do you know what they're telling us they're telling us graphic novels are one of the only categories of print publish publishing that is growing that i agree with uh that's something uh, that's something you should be proud of because growing a graphic novel section in your local Barnes and Noble may not seem like something you should be happy about you can rest assured that even the largest of the those graphic novel sections are smaller than yours that's true too because it can only carry so much uh even though on the surface they may seem discouraging to sales for graphic novels um graphic novels are soaring on Amazon but that is really that what that really means is that the audience for your comics is growing. Now, he starts talking about, you know, are 4.99 and 7.99 comics going to help our industry in the long run? No, but they sure help the bottom line at the end of the year. Same with gimmick covers and insane incentives to qualify for variants that will only have a limited appeal for a limited t- amount of time. Everyone moans about variants, and here's the honest truth, um, the honest-to-goodness truth. You stop ordering variants, we'll stop making them. Ooh, that's kind of a burn. I mean, that's truth, though. It is truth, though. Um, and here's where he starts going, going a little, a little deeper. Superheroes are great. I grew up reading superhero comics. But over the years, when the writers and artists and editors and publishers I looked up to talk about advancing the medium about producing more challenging content and creating comics that appeal to adults never once did i mistake what they were saying to be we need to find a way for superhero comics to appeal to more adults this is the comic book industry not the superhero industry and if we want to stick around for the long haul we need to recognize that and capitalize on that because as much as i am fond as a, uh, as fond as i am about uh, superhero comics I read when I was younger the full scope of what comics are and what comics can be um, is what the ult- what ultimately brings the world into our, into your stores right now the fastest growing demographic for image comics and I'm willing to speculate for the entire industry is women and uh, he goes he goes we, you've seen the audiences that's building for up around saga You've seen female readers respond to books like Sex Criminals, Lazarus, Velvet, Pretty Deadly, Rocket Girl, and Rat Queens. And one of our best receiving announcements at Image Expo was Kelly Sue DeConnick's new series, Bitch Planet. (laughs) Uh, I'm with with them on that, though, because there's been a lot more books that are uh, not geared towards women, but just like female heroes or or female um, stars in the books and stuff. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And we're we're not um, the first to put out this material that appeals to women, but the whole room full of incredible people that I wouldn't be able to look in the eye if I made that kind of um, ludicrous claim. But I think that we're among a select group that is in the industry who realizes that there's more to gain from broadening our horizons than by remaining staunchly beholden to the shrinking fan base that is supposedly excited about sequels to... Decre- um, decrepit old crossovers like Secret Wars 2. Hey. 
Yeah. So there he takes a shot at Marvel. Don't do not do that. Secret yeah. Wars is cool. Yeah. See, as an industry, we cling to the short-sighted and mistaken notions that presenting ourselves to a world as Marvel and DC as superhero movies is the key to reaching a wider audience, and it's just not. People know what Spider-Man is. People know what Superman is. They know Batman. They know the X-Men. What you want, what you, and you know what? They've already made up their minds about that stuff, and that's why the success of those movies has yet to translate into an avalanche of readers in our industry. We have trained a world to think of comics as Marvel and DC superheroes, and that world has stayed away. We need to fix that. Then he goes on to taunt at uh, looking at The Walking Dead. I know, no, it's a hit TV show, but before that, long before that, it was a hit comic. Um, and then Damn he, good comic, too. Yeah, and then he goes and touts all, you know, all of Image. Uh, new creativity is the future of the industry, not the latest Spider-Man number one. Uh, people come to comic book stores looking for original content because it's best. It's what we do best, not for comic book versions of things that are done better in another medium. Then he goes down to say, you know, he touts Walking Dead again. But then he goes, uh, and because the show made people aware of the comic, and those people came in, uh, came to your stores to get that comic because they want the real thing. Transformer comics will never be the real thing. G.I. Joe comics will never be the real thing. Star Wars comics will never be the real thing. So he's hitting Dark Horse uh, with that. See, that's his problem. Because, like, a lot of what he's saying, while a little extreme, because I think there's still an audience for superhero books. I mean, we don't need to get rid of them. Right. But I, I think he needs to just keep people's name out of his fucking mouth. Like, you don't need to say specific shit. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, so... You know, and then he goes on, and then he says, you know, he says, in the end, he's like, we don't want people buying their comics in Targets and Walmarts or to as a giveaway with a toy. We want people to come right here to the heart of our business. We want them to come to you. Now, while using that guise of, you know, uh, being like, yeah, it's all about you, but I'm going to take pot shots at everybody saying, mm-hmm. you're the problem. Um, here's what uh, <laughs> Michael Richardson uh, publisher of Dark Horse said in a subsequent interview to Bleeding Cool. He just says, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically just a picture of him flipping him off. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, and it was completely irrelevant. Yeah, he goes, Transformer comics are not the real thing. Really? For several decades, we faced a continued loss of young readers. We need to find ways to bring those kids back in. Eric is rightfully, um, rightfully proud of his titles as The Walking Dead and Saga, but those aren't the books that solve this problem. If a young girl or young boy sees a comic at the age of five and it happens to feature a Transformer, great. That's the chance that that child will continue to read comics maybe more over a lifetime. Choice of the subject matters does not define a real comic reader. An, a- acting, an act of reading comic does. And if someone wants to revive something that they, expect, they experience as a child by reading a G.I. Joe comic, so be it. It's, non, it's nonsense to say that a particular title is not real comic simply because it didn't start out as a comic book. So I, should, um, so I shouldn't enjoy reading Dynamite's The Shadow because it started out as a pulp, as a pulp magazine. And mm. that's very true. And, uh, then, yeah, he makes a good point because it's, it's like um, it's elitist attitude. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 like the game, it's like the whole gamer. Real I gamer was just thinking game. that. You're yeah. not a real gamer if you don't play fucking this or this. Or, like, I get out of here with that. Like, 
a gamer is someone who plays video games. It yeah. don't matter what games they play. You know, it's the same with comic books. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and the same thing with uh, Ted Adams from uh, IDW goes ahead and says, I share Eric's passion for to bring com- um, bring more readers to comic shops. However, it's probably not going to come as a surprise that I don't agree with the um, that the only way to do it is with image image books. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, it's hard for me to understand why he felt that he needed to build his business by knocking mine down. You know, and then he mm-hmm. goes into um, IDW pioneered the micro fun uh, micro comic fun pack last fall and shipped over five hundred thousand comics to every mass retailer, including Target, Toys R Us, Walmart, and many others. Why is that important? Every one of those fun packs have ads that drive those new readers to comic stores. IDW was regularly sold through Scholastic book fairs and book clubs. This season we've um, we have books featuring My Little Pony. Oh, that's right. There was yeah, yeah. there was um, comics. My kids came home with those classic yeah. magazines, and there were there were comics in there. I, yeah. I bought um I bought a, oh, I think it was a Transformers book too. Yeah. For yeah. for my son. Yeah, and he says, and um, since Eric wants to talk creator-owned books now, now is a good time to remind everyone that Lock and Key. Just spent its third week in the top of the New York Times bestseller list, and we've got some good new creator-owned comics launching uh, from April to September. So, you know, they all—they all—that's the point—is they all have good books. Yeah. And for this one dude to be like, "I'm the only company that's relevant." So what the numbers say, dude? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have The Walking Dead. If you look at the top ten of all of the best-selling comics from Diamond Distribution. Walking Dead is always in there. Yeah, that's great, and, and it's that's it's awesome. it's supposed to be there because yeah. it's a good book. Yeah. But it's not the only book in the top yeah. ten. And, but and and that what's what bothers me is the fact that you can sit there. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, and you're going to sit there and berate other people. Like I'm not a I'm not a real comic book reader because I pick up Loki, I pick up Thor, I pick up Avengers. You know, it's like I. Pick no, you're up, a, you're a fucking idiot. That's yeah. what it is. And uh, you know, and I pick up uh, Batman. And action comics. That I'm not a true comic fan because I because that's what I get. It's like no, that's that's bullshit. Because <laughs> sometimes I don't want to really. Sometimes those other comics don't pull me in. They don't. They don't have that. To me, a comic book is escapism. You know? Yeah. And and so if I don't get it, some and some people get into the darker and that's cool. There's enough comics for everyone, but you can't sit there and say like, you know. And, and, and I can understand you knocking DC and, and Marvel because they're the, the two huge ones. But the same thing is, is you can't knock IDW and Dark Horse. Well, here's the situation. <coughs> here's the top ten comic books based on total unit sales of products invoiced in January 2014. I didn't do an in-depth search. I just found the closest I could find. Image's first book, and it's Walking Dead. Is eleventh, okay? Mm-hmm. It's still damn respectable. Right. Tenth is Justice League of America. Nine Avengers. Eight's Harley Quinn. Number two. A lot of people liking that book, including myself. Seven Superior Spider Man, a book that you started taking a liking to. Yeah. Uh, six is all all new X Men. Five is Superior. Another Superior Spider Man. The previous issue. Uh, four is the regular Justice League. Three is Avengers World number one. 
two was Detective Comics 27, and one is Batman. I think that's what's pissing him off. Yeah. He's, he's not satisfied to know that he's 11th this month, right? He's probably sitting there going, oh, he's trying to tell us that these companies shouldn't be focusing on superhero books, yet superhero books are the entire top 10. Yeah. They're all superhero books. It's not, I'm looking down at the top 20. They're all superhero books other than The Walking Dead. Oh, there's Origin in here, too. That's that's another one. But I'm, I'm still going. 35. They're all superhero books because that's what people like. You know, and I think I think he's alienating children. Like honestly, like younger readers. I still read superhero comic books because that's what I've read since I was a kid. Yeah, and the thing is, is like you know, yeah, with Image, yeah, they produce more older content books. But sometimes, you know, I see people my age going in there, and they have a stack with DC Comics and Marvel Comics. Yeah, they pick up a, you know, they pick up an Image or something like that. But it's like, come on. You, People that, if they're not buying comics by this point, you're not going to get them. Yeah. It, it, it has to be introduced at a young age. There has to be like, oh man, I haven't been to a comic store in a while, and they go in there. you know. And now, because it's geek chic, you know, people are more inclined to, oh, let's check this place out and go in there and then buy a comic or two. But those people are going to be passive. You're, the, the ones you want to read, the ones you want to keep are the ones that are already buying this shit, digital or physical. You know, but yeah, I don't know. Homeboy needs to chill out. What a tool bag. Yeah. So moving right along, and that's all the time we have for this week. No, just I know. <laughs> um, this story is from IGN. So not only is World War Z getting a sequel, but its author Max Brooks, the prose writer turned comic scribe, well, IGN uh, has sold the film rights to his new graphic novel, The Harlem Hellfighters. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Brooks will write the screenplay for The Harlem Hellfighters, which he will first release as an original graphic novel without by Canon White on April 1st. I don't like when anything comes out on April 1st. I feel like it's not going to fucking happen. Oh, right, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, after Earth's, Earth's Caleb Pinkett and James Lass, Lassiter will produce the film for Overbrook Entertainment... The Harlem Hellfighters is a true story about the U.S. Army's 369th Infantry Division in World War I, which was composed completely of African-American soldiers. According to THR, the graphic novel chronicles, quote, their journey from the enlistment lines in Harlem to the training camp at Spartanburg, South Carolina, to the trenches of Europe. Before returning home as heroes, the group was plagued with racial discrimination. That actually sounds interesting. Like, I wouldn't mind reading that book. Um, THR says the unit portrayed in the graphic novel spent more time in combat than any other American unit, never losing a foot of ground to the enemy or a man to capture, and went on to win countless decorations. As a comic book author, Mac Brooks previously wrote the zombie survival guide, uh, recorded attacks, the miniseries G.I. Joe Hearts and Minds, and most recently, the Extinction Parade. Uh, Sony's film adaptation of the Highland Hellfight is doesn't yet have a release date. You know, that actually sounds really interesting. Like, I actually heard I I didn't hear about the the Highland Hellfighters, but I heard of a uh, back then in World War One era they had like the they still split up the races, so you had like all black 
Oh, right, uh, yeah. You know, whatever. And they would just make them do all the dirty missions. Like, all the fucking, like, they're going to die. Yeah. These, but that's kind of hardcore. Like, oh, we're going to die? Really? Bah, 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 motherfucker. <laughs> that's pretty, and, well, mo- mostly because they're from Harlem. <laughs> and that's a pretty rough town. Right. Um, but uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, I wouldn't mind reading reading this book. And honestly, Max Brooks excellent, excellent writer. I mean, if you if you like the the show, I mean, the writing in the show is good too. But the comic is just so brilliant in its simplicity and writing. Nothing is over-explained, but you're never left not knowing something you should. Right. As poetic as I can put it. Like, he, his writing is extremely good. Because um, even some of the great writers, like uh, Grant Morrison, one of my fa- favorites. I mean, I was geeking out when we went to uh, oh, Comic-Con. Yeah, Comic-Con. Went to his panel. I was yeah. almost passed out. But sometimes he can get a little breachy. Yeah. You know, and you're fucking reading 16 panels deep. You know, you're like, oh, Jesus, come on, dude. Let's <laughs> let's move on. The problem with, with reading Grant Morrison's books is that I tend to read it in his voice. Mm-hmm. You, you start, you start. Now Batman's from Scotland. Yeah, yeah. suddenly so Batman's from Scotland. And you're trying. It's like, oh, fucking Joker, that stupid cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that book that he wrote was fucking awesome, dude. Oh, God. Yeah, the... Uh, the superheroes book, yeah, yeah, I, I've read it twice. Just the way, like, I think he needs to write some novels. I think so too. I think that's he, where the descriptive nature of his writing really would shine. Yeah, when he, especially when he describes about like himself growing up, you know, and so just, epic. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh god damn! Like you're hearing a John Williams score in the background, and like you know. <laughs> I thought he was going to end up being Superman. Like, it was so bad. And then one day I just ripped open my shirt, and there it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then I pulled my grappling hook. Wait, he's Superman and Batman? What the fuck? <laughs> he doesn't even need a grappling hook, but he still uses it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's Superman and Batman. Oh, dude, I, I, was just, I just hopped on Twitter real quick, and uh, Gail Simone, Wrote, uh, put on Twitter, Barbara Gordon could have won the Hunger Games in five minutes and still had pancakes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. All right. In Don't... the fucking wheelchair, too. Exactly, exactly. All right. In tech news, nudity and the internet seem to go hand in hand. Woo! Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost an inalienable human right at this point of our social, uh, societal evolution. Ne- nevertheless, we cannot have the Wild West mentality when it comes to both in regards to applications that could, um, that could be made the source of those elements. Vine has decided, according to The Verge, to take proactive steps in banning any pornographic and sexually explicit videos from their service. The changes went into effect immediately in a post on their help, um, in a help center article. Quote, as we've watched the community and your creativity grow and evolve, uh, wink, wink, uh, we've <laughs> found that there is a very small percentage of videos that are not a good fit for our community the company said in a blog post. For more than 99% of our users, it doesn't really change anything. We don't have a problem with sexually, uh, with explicit sexual content on the internet. We just prefer not to be the source of it. Mm. Some of the video elements ha- um, that are banned uh, are of sexual acts, sexually provocative nudity, a close-up of, quote, aroused genitals beneath clothing, end quote, are strictly prohibited. Ding. 
So, Adam, you're screwed. Uh, as are artistic, as um, are artistic and animated videos that are sexually graphic. The description seems rather explicit, if I do, if I do say so myself. Um, however, Vine says the depiction of nudity or partial nudity that are primarily documentary or educational or artistic in nature are still allowed under the new rules. Violators of the new policy will get their accounts suspended, and repeat offenders will see that they end up. Permanently, permanently banned. It isn't surprising that a community such as Vine starts changing their terms of service when they can be viewed by kids. Another ramification of the society we live in. Well, honestly, Vine is mostly used exclusively by children. Let, let's let's yeah. be honest. I mean, we'll see some Vines, but it's usually because it someone shared it on Facebook or something. Or as I call but, it, Vine, short attention span theater. <laughs> right. My uh, my my daughter gets on Vine a lot, and I, I'm like, look, if you, if they're saying something stupid or you see something stupid, just know that you don't do it in real life. Right. And she's not an idiot, and she knows I'll kick her fucking ass. <laughs> you know, so it doesn't really matter. But actually, I've never, and I've looked at quite a few. I've had many nights where I'm just vining it up, like got nothing else to do. For hours, just watching vines, <laughs> and um, I've never, I've never come across a like a sexually explicit one. And you haven't looked hard enough. I know. <laughs> Literally. Anywhere <laughs> <laughs> hey, about that? No, I'm sorry. Um, all right, so let's go on to silly things. <laughs> silly things, Steve. <laughs> Now we're <sighs> entering our second hour of the Lazy Geeks podcast. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> After this. <laughs> All right. So, according to The Verge, a bundled version of Windows 8.1, titled simply Windows 8.1 with Bing, is currently in development. The bundle is said to entice, or said to, it's supposed to entice existing Windows 7 users to using the new operating system. Of course, this could be just a piece of a much larger puzzle. So actually, I should have read the title because it kind of sets it up. This Windows 8.1 with Bing is supposedly supposed to be free. Free of charge. Free as in beer. Steve. <laughs> According to rumors, Windows 8.1 with Bing would be a free version of the OS bundled with a few apps to get the job done. This, in Microsoft's eyes, would not only give Windows 7 users a better entry point into Windows 8.1, but also into other services they are offering, like Office 365. Both Office 365 and Windows 8.1 have been under heat since their release by PC users that don't like the sudden shift in direction that Microsoft is taking with their operating system. While this is all still in rumor in the rumor mill, it sort of makes sense when you think about it. Microsoft isn't just competing with Apple anymore, with a few Linux distributions like Ubuntu getting more notice as support for Windows XP dwindles. The fact of the matter is, not everyone wants to buy a new computer to run an operating system they don't like when they current, their current machine is in working order. With the majority of PC users only really using their computers for basic tasks, or 99% being on a web browser, Microsoft isn't the only game in town anymore. The best thing to do when can competing with something that is free is to offer your product for free, of course. But what does that mean exactly? What limitations would a Windows 8.1 with Bing have in comparison to the paid version of the operating system? Oh, you More, it's just a desktop. No, you can't even that's access actually, the internet. <laughs> that's actually what they're hinting to, that you're only going to get the start screen. Really? Yeah. Um, more importantly, 
will users be clearly explained of any limitations before they make a purchase? There, there are too many questions and not enough answers at the moment, so we'll keep you posted when updates roll in. So, this is, this is the thing. I do, first off, I don't blame Microsoft, and I think it's actually a smart move for them to offer something for free. The only problem is, is they don't know how to operate in this business space yeah. at all. So they're, they're going to fuck it up. They're going to offer, first of all, they're supposed to be professional, they're supposed to know, um, they're supposed to pretty much be the best at providing an operating system in general, paid or not. And Windows 8.1's been flopping around like a dead fish. Right. You know, so it's, it's interesting to me that this has come out at this time. And, and what I said was true. Yes, I am a humongous Linux fan, but what I said is actually true. The, the amount of Linux users is slowly going up because people who still have Windows XP machines uh-huh. that are that are working just fine they don't they they would have to buy a new computer and if they just go to Facebook every once in a while they don't want to fucking buy a new computer oh yeah you know so I mean at my job one of the many things we do is we install operating systems you know reinstall people's operating systems and stuff we've been pushing it. We're like, we're like, oh, Windows X, because Windows XP loses, this is a cute thing. So Windows XP loses support um, April 2014. There is not going to be another extension. This is it. It was supposed to be gone like two years ago. Right. So there's a pop-up now. If you have a Windows XP machine, a pop-up comes up when you start the computer up. It's built into the operating system to tell you that the support ends in April. And there's a little link you know, you click on the link, and I'm, I'm sure it sends you to the Windows 8.1 site. I, I don't know where it sends you, but um, to explain what you need to do. I'm sure it doesn't send you to the Apple site. So the people coming into my shop, they're scared because they don't, they don't know computers. They, they think their computer is just going to stop working. Right. And I explain to them, no, it's going to still work, but you're running the risk of getting fucked up because you're not going to get security updates and whatnot. So then the next question is, well, I'll just buy Windows 8.1 for my computer. No, you won't, because your computer only has two gigs of RAM. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to buy a new machine, and we're talking to grandma here, or or just business dude who does not give a fuck, you know. Next in line, Ubuntu. We have Ubuntu at, we we all, because my job doesn't officially, I work at Geekswire, Best Buy. Sick and tired of dancing around the fucking, the fucking topic. My job, they don't officially support Linux, which is understandable because there's like a million Linux distributions. We, we would be backlogged trying to fix it all. So we all, the guys at my spot, we all sat around and we decided on a distribution that we will solely offer to people. Of course, we went with Ubuntu uh, 12.04 long-term release. So it's easy. That's most documentation. It has the most, it has very good hardware support. Um, stuff like that. It's stable, all that bullshit. So we've installed it on, so far, maybe like 20, 30 machines. Mm-hmm. And people come in and, and they're, they only come in to tell me they're happy with it. They don't care. See, I break Linux because I'm always trying to make it do things it's not supposed to do. Right. Which is possible if you know what you're doing. But for the average person who just wants to look things up on the internet, fucking download music and just silly shit like that, it works fine. You know, so Windows has a problem. You know, and they know it. 
And it, the thing is, though, they're going to offer this Windows 8.1 for free. It's going to suck. Right. And, and it's it's literally, I think, Windows 8.1 with Bing will be the nail in the coffin for Windows 8. Yeah, because that's, that's the thing. You know Microsoft. You know how they're going to work. They're going to basically offer, yeah, it's going to be just a desktop, and you won't even be able to access the Internet with it. Um, it it's it's... It's, it's probably just going to turn your computer into a lap, into a fucking Chrome tablet. <laughs> yeah, just something silly. Well, you can only use Microsoft shit yeah. or something and, dumb and like that. To be honest, to be honest, if you're running a computer that's still running XP, you most likely it's slower than shit. So you should upgrade anyway. But you well, know, this, I, but the thing is, is that we have more options now than we did when XP yeah. came out. It's like you can get a tablet. You can get. Fuck, even if, you know, you can get a, an iPad or a Surface or even, you know, or a Galaxy Note, you know, you can get any of those devices. Your smartphone can do more shit than your computer with XP you can do, you know, or even get a Chromebook. Those are cheap. Well, perfect example of Windows X, XP fundamentally at the code level is it can't support a lot of the newer technologies that are out yeah. today. Um, perfect example, someone came in today, and yes, I installed Linux on the computer before I left work. Um, they had Windows XP on a machine, and they were going to buy a new computer. And they said, well, can you just recycle this, because we have no use for it. Windows. I'm like, well, hold on. You know, we can we can definitely, she said she was having Wi-Fi issues. Her Wi-Fi hasn't been working for months. And I was like, well, let's, you know, I can put a bunch, I explain the whole thing. She goes, oh, cool, you know, I can kick it around the house, a little extra computer. I'm like, all right. So I was trying to connect to the Wi-Fi. Now, our Wi-Fi at work is hidden. It's a hidden network. Mm-hmm. So Windows XP, you have to go through this fucking bullshit of going into, like, three different menus and then set it up manually. The funny thing is, she didn't have Service Pack 3. There's three Service Packs for Windows XP. Mm-hmm. She only had was up to Service Pack 2. So essentially, her Windows XP was even older than a fully updated XP. It didn't... Using, which was WEP. <laughs> like, it was, it's so fucking old. And that was the moment that I was like, why? Just why does this even still exist? It, it shouldn't, I don't blame Microsoft for just cutting the cord. They can't support it forever. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous. Like, they, people need to let go of this fucking Windows XP. Like, if you're going to do, buy Windows 7, just do something. Yeah. You know, but don't, Stop using archaic things. Yeah. Might as well have a fucking phonograph and shit. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, as we do each and every week, we find a company, person, or entity that does something that simply reeks of douchebaggery, and they become the Lazy Geeks Douchebag of the Week. So this one here, uh, I just saw this on the news, and I'm sure some of you probably saw it, but never really understood what the hell was going on. Um, or or cared enough. I thought that this was just this was like this is like this the symbolism of of our society at this point. Um, and I'm not even going to read the title. I'm just going to go straight to it. This comes from the Washington Post. Uh, I can't count the number of times I told my kids, "If you don't like my rules, there's the door." But would any of my children walk through it and then sue me for support? 
they would uh, they wouldn't unless they had lost their everlasting minds. Yet that's exactly what one New Jersey teen did in a case that is getting national attention from legal experts and parents across the country. The case involves Rachel Canning, who claims her parents kicked her out of the house when she turned 18. Now she is suing them, asking for the court to make them support her, finish paying for her private high school tuition, and pony up money they saved for her college education, reports um, the Associated Press. Sean and Elizabeth Canning say that their daughter was given a choice. Follow their rules or there's the door. And what um, And what were the rules? Let's see. Do the chores. Don't break curfew. Oh, yeah. And dump the boyfriend who's a bad influence. Well, the parents said that she, um, shortly before her 18th birthday, Rachel told them that she was grown up and could do whatever she wanted. She did, I'm a grown up. Exactly. <laughs> she didn't like the rules, so she left, reports the AP. Her parents then stopped paying her high school tuition, took away the car that they let her drive. They claim her court filings that their daughter is welcome to return home as long as she agrees to the following rules. Rachel Canning moved in with a family friend and the friend's parents are paying and and the friend's parents are paying the attorney hired to sue her parents. Uh the family drama is now playing out in courts, and Rachel asked the court to intervene and order her parents to support her. Uh, on Tuesday, the judge basically said, "I don't think so." Uh, he rejected. You're an adult, exactly. You know? He rejected the um, a request from the teen to pay um, to be paid six hundred and twenty-four dollars a week in child support, force her parents to pay about 5300 in tuition owed at her Catholic high school, and come up with 13000 on legal fees and give her access to her college fund, reports Peggy Wright, uh, the Daily Record. During the hearing, Wright said, Sean and Elizabeth Canning held hands, and their mother uh, and the mother often dabbed tears from her eyes as the two-and-a-half-hour hearing progressed. The judge quote, has decided to, um, has to decide whether Canning's parents constructively abandoned her when, when she turned 18 in November, but are still obligated to support her and pay for college, or whether she's emancipated herself and cannot um, make the demands on them, according to Wright. In New Jersey, turning 18 doesn't automatically mean parents can end support of their child. Even so, the judge was not pleased by the teen's tactics. During the hearing, he said, what, do you, what will be the next step? Are we going to open the um, open the gates for a 12-year-old um, suing for an Xbox? Do you want to establish a precedence where parents are living with constant fear of establishing basic house um, rules of the house? Mm. Clearly, this family needs therapy, not attorneys. As the mother of three <laughs> teens, I understand. Wait, was that the quote or did you say no, that th- No, that's what the uh, the writer wrote. <laughs> yeah, not attorneys. As a, um, as a mother of three teens, I understand the dynamics of trying to raise a responsible child who fights against rules. But as I often tell my teens, my roof, my rules. From the reporting of this case, what would you have a troubled teen... Um, what would you what you have is a troubled teen that is acting out the parents may have punished harder than they intended none of us really knows what w- what's going on in their house except i do know that teenagers are wired to push back against restrictions but as parents you have to set boundaries without suffocating your kid uh we have compassion for uh we should have compassion for the young lady and her parents um she goes but there's also another f- um another family at fault in this case the parents of the friend they are fronting the money for the lawsuit, and in doing so, they are definitely escalating the situation by giving a teen an opportunity to have a day in court that she doesn't need. Um, according to uh, 
Wright's report, here's what the fam um, the friend's father, John, whatever, wrote to the court to justify the hiring of the lawyer for Rachel Kenny. Rachel is likable, communicates exceptionally well, and is highly motivated to attend and excel in, in, at a college appropriate for her. That is why my wife and I decided to fund the lawsuit. We know that if Mr. and Ms. Canning are not required to fulfill their legal obligations as parents, that Rachel's ability to fulfill her potential will be greatly diminished. It's like, really, dude? Oh my God! You, you know what? It, he's just—he's—he's he's fucking ambulance chaser. Just yeah. But it's—it's it's amazing to me that this—it hasn't simply just been said. You wanted support. They said all you had to do was follow my rules. You said I'm an adult. Well, guess what? Adults have to take care of themselves. Yeah. So go fucking take care of yourself. Exactly. Go get a job and fuck off. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's really and I don't want to sound like the old man in the room, but that's kind of what's wrong with society today. Is oh, this yeah. fucking entitlement handout bullshit? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like my parents, like well, my parents, but my my mother and my uh, my grandparents and stuff. They helped me. They did even after eighteen. That's because I respected them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you if I've told my kids because my daughter one time. My oldest daughter, she's 14. She gets a little rowdy sometimes, not too bad. She used to be a lot worse, but not too bad now. She um, she said, when I'm 18, I can do whatever I want. I said, well, if you're in my house, you can go fuck yourself. You can do what I say. Right. And she said, but at 18, I'm an adult. You're an adult when you start acting like a fucking adult. Yeah. That's when you're an adult. You know, and, and it's, it's um, I t- what did I tell her? I said, when you're 18, you're not an adult. You just can vote. <laughs> that's it that's the, you can vote and buy smokes right? yeah. um so i uh i don't know it's it's i read that article too uh when you posted it up because I, I was like what and i was like these fucking kid i would i would have beat her ass in the middle of a fucking courtroom oh, send me to jail <laughs> i would have whooped her ass i mean you know their parents did something justifiable like you know it's it's like yeah that's you you know, and and I knew that it was going to be, you know, well, it's my boyfriend. I can do whatever I want. I'm 18 because they always tend to throw that in your face. It's like, fine, then there's the door. Then leave the fucking house. And exactly. ain't that yeah. But they think like, what? What do you mean? You cut off everything? You mean I have to do shit for myself? Yes, you have to. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, you look at that and you're like, this entitlement bullshit. It's like, who do you think you are? You're not entitled to this. You got a luxury that your parents was able to afford you. You're not entitled to it. It's like if you you follow their rules. If they ha- if your rule if their rules suck, find some other way. Real talk. <laughs> and that was real talk by the lady geeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. I guess that is it for another edition of the Lazy Geeks Podcast. Remember, we're thinking, so you don't have to. So until uh, next time, a peace out.